A Brief History of Mesopotamia, Babylonia, Part 2, Society and Full. Now, the old divisions of cities with an individual god residing in each had long since gone by this time, and the Age of Empires had begun. At this point in history, there were two major powers. Babylon ruled the south of Mesopotamia, while the city of Ashur dominated the north. In each, people from numerous backgrounds mixed, offering their culture of, to the enhancement of society. It is often easy to imagine multicultural societies as a modern phenomenon, but such a belief would be misplaced. The mixing of cultures has been practiced throughout history and often signals a period of prosperity, glory, and acceptance. Babylon had taken a drastic new approach to society following the collapse of the Neo-Babylonian Empire. Gone was the Sumerian obsession with collectivism, the old semi-communist practices of Ur III, nothing more than a memory. Individualization returned to the Babylonian Empire to the point that society itself seemed to be nothing more than a collection of individuals, each pursuing his or her own means. Compared to the days past, people became detached from one another. Privatization became a central tenant in society. In fact, Babylon of old was not too different from capitalist society today, with banks, trading companies, loans, shares, mortgages, and investments all becoming part of everyday life. While this encouraged the vast economic expansion that characterizes the Western world today, it also resulted in high levels of debt and a dramatic increase in the gap between wealthy and poor. It was not uncommon for people to sell themselves, their children, their siblings into slavery simply to fund debt repayments. Aware of this, Hammurabi ensured his law code considered the issue, proclaiming that anyone sold into slavery over a debt would be set free after working for three years with debts forgiven. The language of Sumerian ceased to be spoken on a day-to-day -day basis amongst the masses and instead became what Latin is for us today, a language of religion and scholarship, written but very rarely spoken. Remained in use for more than a thousand years after this point, disappearing only after the fall of Mesopotamian civilization around 700 BCE, but it never again served as the common tongue of the empire. One other area of society that changed dramatically during the old Babylonian era was education and scholarship. Education was a secular affair, perhaps in part due to the multi-ethnic society, and was also extremely accessible, assuming you could afford to send your children for education rather than having them help with the day-to-day -day tasks. Most poor people remain uneducated, but among the merchant and wealthy classes, Literacy and numeracy levels grew dramatically. The Babylonians were a very concrete people, studying mathematics and even science in detail, but their achievements often instead heaped upon the Greeks of antiquity due to their more theoretical approach. Many of the practices we attribute to ancient Greece were, in fact, inherited first from Babylon. The Babylonians insisted upon the importance of the concrete over the abstract, they valued practice over theory. Omen tables, easily, while easily dismissed at first glance, were in fact an early Babylonian attempt at understanding the world from a scientific perspective. They recorded important events and noted any unusual occurrences from beforehand, hoping to find connections between signs and outcomes. They saw the world as based on natural laws, logical, rational, and not dictated by the whims of a god or gods. Through studying omens, they were trying to understand cause and effect. If X happens, Y is going to happen. 
The diviners themselves, far from relying upon spiritual guidance, believed they were approaching the world from an imperial, empirical perspective. While we may now look at their practices and laugh, it remains clear that from their perspective, they were uncovering worldly truths, not merely seeking guidance from the spirits and deities. In medicine, also the Babylonians excelled. There were two types of physicians in the cities of old Babylonia, the Ashapu, specializing in omens, exorcisms, and the Asu, who made diagnoses and offered medications. Physicians were so important to the Babylonian society that Hammurabi's code went so far as to dictate the fees paid to physicians for their, selves, for their services, as well as the punishments when they failed. As in mathematics, they focused on a practical medical approach, leaving little in the way of medical theory, and thus differed once again from the Greeks who followed. They said they appeared to have a very in-depth understanding of medicine and health, evolving their beliefs through several hundred years of careful observations and experiment. Their prescriptions for certain health issues, while lacking the scientific understanding we have today, were remarkably accurate and effective. For example, slices of liver would be prescribed as a cure for night blindness, the inability to see at night, despite perfect sight during daytime. Today we understand this condition is caused by a lack of vitamin A, something the liver is rich in. Some practices are even still in use today, such as draining of lungs in pneumonia patients, following a remarkably similar procedure to modern times. They even had an understanding of the spread of diseases, as demonstrated in another letter. I've heard from the lady Nanem has been taken ill. She has many contacts with people of the palace. Now then, give, serve, give severe orders that no one should drink from the cup where she drinks. No one should sit in the seat where she sits. No one should sleep in the bed where she sleeps. This disease is contagious. Unfortunately, Babylon will also fall. So old Babylon, there's, a little, there's little in the way of the recorded history uh, during the time of old Babylonia, or old Babylon, there is little in the way of recorded history during the time of old Babylon, and even less so in the way of personal accounts. With such a focus on the practical abstract ideas, such as opinions and retellings, were largely dismissed as unnecessary. That is, not to imply that speculative thought was entirely lacking in the Babylonian mind. More than it difficult, more than it was, nor more than it is difficult for us to identify and interpret. The unfortunate consequence of this is that we know little about the fall of the old Babylonian Empire, and what we can devise from the sources we have is lacking in substance. We do know it is that following Hammurabi there were five more kings in the first dynasty of Babylon, each of which reigned upwards of 20 years. However, as was the case following the reign of Shuglu of Ur and Naram Sin of Akkad, controlled territory began progressively to shrink following Hammurabi's death, with the cities and land being seized by outsiders. Once again, foreigners crossed the borders, and for some reason, people appeared to leave the cities en masse. The de-urbanization was dramatic, with many significant Sumerian cities losing vast numbers of their populations. Even great cities like Ur lost a majority of their citizens. The final blow came to the old Babylonian Empire from the north. 
specifically Anatolia, which was ruled at the time by the Hittites. A Hittite force was sent south through Mesopotamia, reaching the city of Babylon and shaking it, bringing the dynasty to an end. And the Hittites had no desire to rule from Babylon and so left quickly, leaving an enormous power gap that was soon filled by the Kassites. The Kassites were an eastern people who held power in Babylon for over 400 years, during which little advancement occurred. That said, Kassite Babylon by no means reached the previous lows seen during the Guti occupation following the fall of Akkadia, or even the wars between Neo-Sumerian and the conquests of Hammurabi. Kassite Babylon entered a sort of cultural stasis, retaining elements of the old culture but improving on them little. Meanwhile, it was the Assyrians based in the northern city of Ashur who would come to dominate Mesopotamia, and that will be our next brief look. Now, the sources for this, The Ancient Semitic Civilization by Muscati, The Ancient Ancient Near East by Cyrus Gordon, The Might That Was Assyria by Sags, Mesopotamia, Assyrians, Sumerians, Babylonians, Dictionaries of Civilization, and The Oxford History of the Biblical World by Coogan. So I hope you enjoyed that, and as always, don't forget to come by the website summahistorica.com or historyaccordingtobob.com and ask a question, leave a comment, check out our merchandise, and if you like what we're doing, please feel free to support us. Thank you very much.